0: Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. That should be
2: Skype slogan. Skype. Hey, we're still here. Mm-hmm. Your Skype ID still doesn't make sense, but we'll make sure you get those cannonballs on camera. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Peterborough.
1: Um, go get gas. Mm-hmm. There's a voicemail saying uh, the driver of, and they described the vehicle with a license plate, a 50-something man wearing a mask filled up the vehicle and then left without paying. Mm-hmm. So I was very offended. I'm 44. I was described as a 50-something man in 50, a 50, Not
2: just 50, 50-something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Me and my boys, I became their dad. Mm-hmm. My kitchen is hot as hell, and Ron is just being a jerk. He's just like, stop. Meow.
0: meow. Mm-hmm. Ron <laughs> is going
1: to be a big part of me and my boys.
0: I'm OK with that. Can <laughs> Ron talk? Can Ron talk? But he only talks to me. Like, he... Yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to. God damn it, Ron. Get off the camera. Yeah, Ron, <laughs> stop. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey getting, put me down, man. Mother <laughs> f- always picking me up you're listening to the jay and dan podcast brought to
2: you by our friends at mcdonald's oh hi i
3: thought you i
1: thought you had more (laughs) <laughs> I thought you had more. I didn't know. I that was getting into the to beat. It's end
2: abruptly. It's yeah. end very abruptly. Right down to business.
1: <laughs> hey, it's June 9th. It's June 9th, 2020.
2: You know what that means, Dan? Winter
1: is over. <laughs> Hottest day of the year uh, in our area.
2: That was absolutely awesome outside. Unless you didn't have air conditioning inside, like producer Tim and yourself just a couple of weeks ago. But thankfully, you guys, you got both of those uh, problems solved.
1: Yeah, AC's back on. It's like a meat locker in here. Hey, this, uh, I uh, added on Twitter here. So these videos, I don't know if you've seen them, where the people, they'll hit a ball into the air, they'll run through their house and get it on the other side. Right. This person took eight, like eight minutes to run through the house and it came out the other side. I'm like, okay, come on. It's like he put the ball into orbit.
2: Man, you have a lot of time on your hands, Doolsey, for for a guy with a newborn baby.
1: (laughs) Hey, I've got to tell you this, though. When you've got two kids, <laughs> both um, in close to double digits, uh, and you have a newborn, you got built-in babysitters. It's like, hey, should have thought of this before.
2: Uh, how would you have thought of it before? <laughs> I know. I know. That was,
1: <laughs> I was hoping you'd pick up on that.
2: I think you should, uh, I think you should have kids every 10 years, approximately until you are 80 so you have another one right away and then you have two more when you're uh, 55 and then two more when you're 65 and i actually really like this idea the idea of dan every 10 it'll be a new show on crave tv every 10 with you and uh every time different woman every 10 years different babies
1: (laughs) Uh, if I get paid for it, sure, why not? More <laughs> the merrier. At this point, we're going to be stuck in our homes for the next two years, so might as well create babies.
2: Yeah, I guess you might as well create babies. No, but it seems like everything's opening up now, Dan. Everybody's getting out, and everybody's doing things, and stores are opening, and, and restaurants are opening, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're back, baby. Yeah, but did you the see COVID Vegas?
0: Is over.
1: Yeah. The Canada-U.S. border is going to be closed for the next year. And when will we ever be able to go to New Zealand? That's one of my dream trips. There's no COVID there. They got rid of it. No one's ever going to be allowed back there.
2: Prime Minister, uh, I, I don't know her name, the, the lady. She, uh, yeah, very young. She seems uh, to have captured the hearts of the Kiwis because she just smashed COVID into bits down there. So... And we have friends we could stay with in in New Zealand. We have our buddies from Sky Sports New Zealand that we hung out with in Sochi at the Olympics. All those cats, they would gladly take us in. Remember when Scotty, one of those guys, came to L.A.?
1: (laughs) When we were there? I think he wanted to stay on one of our couches, didn't he? But none of us offered that up.
2: Yeah, so this is... uh, I don't know if we've discussed this, but... And I would love to hear from Australian and New Zealand natives about this. I feel like what happened was at the end of the Sochi experience, the Sky Sports New Zealand crew was staying with us. They were so nice. And Scotty, um, who's like a rugby commentator and well-known sports guy down there, I think, you know, one of us just said, you know, he said, oh, I'd love to come to L.A. And we're like, hey, let us know. You know, we got lots of people, you know, there's a million of us. There's going to be somewhere for you to stay. And literally like two months later, he showed up and he I don't think he contacted anybody. Like, I think he just said, OK, I'll just get there and like there'll be a million, a million rooms for me. And I remember uh, we went out with him one night to a bar and he was just like. Afterward, he was like, yeah, can you drive me to my hotel? And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like uh, I hope this, hope this hasn't been a really expensive trip for you since you didn't have anywhere to stay but this hotel I'm taking you to. Uh, yeah, it's just different. I think the Aussies and Kiwis, uh, they're happy to stay on couches, and uh, sometimes the North Americans are just not ready to offer them up.
1: The last time I let a buddy stay on a couch, I was working in Vancouver late 90s. And after a week of it, my girlfriend at the time said, whens when's this gonna when's he leaving? Is there a time limit on this?" And I came in. You say, were Money.
2: living with a woman, and you said that your buddy could stay with you on your couch like you didn't think that was gonna be a problem?
1: No, I was like 20 something. I was like 21, 22. I'm like, "Hey, all right, that's gonna be great." Because I, none of my friends had ever been in Vancouver, so if they came there, they'd come visit, we had a good time. So you'd have like a one, two day visit with most people and then they move on. This guy, though, after one week, I said, "Okay, how do you say that to a buddy? You got to get out.
2: Yeah. But did you talk to your then girlfriend? And I assume you had children with that girlfriend. No. Did you talk (laughs) to her? Did you talk to her about this guy coming to stay or did he just show up like Scotty did?
1: Oh no! I said, "Yeah, my buddy's coming. He's gonna sleep on the couch." And she's like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't care." And then, uh, and then uh, he overstayed his welcome.
2: Right. And now he and that ex girlfriend are now a couple.
1: Now she actually lives in London. I saw her at the London Olympics when we were we were there. She uh, married a Russian, a Russian <laughs> financier.
2: Okay. She definitely upgraded, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What a a life we lead. What a life we lead. Um, Well, Dan, I just saw something. Speaking of Twitter, a friend of mine just sent me something. He said that uh, it seems that all the hipsters of Toronto who went to Trinity Bellwoods Park that day, and that was a big deal, and, and they all showed up at once, and they weren't social distancing. Everyone was upset. Turns out there has not been a significant increase in COVID because of that. A uh, park incident. So I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is, hey, hipsters, get out there and f- each other.
1: <laughs> well, the hipsters, the vape, the vape fiends, or the hipsters vape. I don't think they vape, do they? I feel like I feel like vaping isn't
2: cool. Like it's not a cool thing to do. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. it's a maybe it's from a health perspective, it's better than smoking. I guess I don't know, but maybe it isn't better. But I don't see a lot of hipsters. and As you know, Dan, I live in like a hipster central down here. I, I don't see a lot of them with the, with the jewel or, or the big giant vape that looks like it's like a piece of uh, audio equipment or something.
1: No, it looks like a, a part of a car.
2: Yeah, exactly. It looks like a giant spark plug or something like that. It's uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't see any hipsters vaping. You know what I do see them doing? Smoking.
1: <laughs> oh, smoking's back?
2: I feel like smoking's uh, never. well. I just feel like it's. Some people are just gonna like doing it. Anyway, I was never that guy, man. I know you weren't. I don't think Stop was, but but producer Tim was and is. Hey, going for a dart. Yeah, first time. Uh, I I don't know if I've told the story. First time
1: I had a dart, I uh, snuck it out of my uh, my brother's pack that he hid in his uh, jacket or something on the farm. Hopped on the four wheeler, went out to the middle of the field, lit that baby up, and then uh, proceeded to puke for about an hour after.
2: <laughs> nice dart, Bob. The thing with the cigarette smoke, it just—it's so sharp, it hits your lungs, yes. like, you and your then, lungs. It's like and then like and then if you if you aren't a
1: smoker, you start sweating. You're like, am I gonna die?
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I uh, my first experience with cigarette smoke, believe it or not, was uh, a cigarette and marijuana joint rolled together like I had a friend who was a smoker right and she liked to roll uh, marijuana and tobacco together into joints because for some reason she thought I don't know why she did that. So they always said oh
1: this is smoother this way no it's not.
2: Right and then she didn't tell me she was doing that so then I take you know a hit and I'm like what the hell is this what is stabbing me in the heart right now? What is that smoke stabbing me right in the heart? I hate I was not a fan, and uh, I remain not a fan of smoking. However, I love the idea of you, me, and stuff. When we all turn 50, we all just take up smoking. We just take it up. We just start doing it, and then we not only take it up, we become three-pack-a-day dart hackers. Like We crush it. <laughs> crush it from well, 50 to 80.
1: My brother Vince, who is uh on this podcast, he's been on it before, as he always says, he's a he's a smoker. He said, Yeah, it takes years off your life, but all the bad years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he might have a point.
2: He might have a point. He might have a point. I mean, it's a stress reliever for a lot of people. I know it is a stress reliever for producer Tim. Can you imagine Tim as stressed out as he is? Tim plus no darts? That's uh, that's a, Tim, I don't want to see.
1: Have you ever met a smoker that's not a talker? Because when you're a smoker, you're always having conversations with other smokers.
2: And yeah, you're, you're not going you to that, that really be an introvert. That's,
1: that's exactly why I didn't take up smoking like I don't want those conversations.
2: You don't want to talk to those people uh, standing outside in the freezing cold in January outside of a restaurant or something like that. Yeah. Uh, someone, someone trying to bum your cigs, right? <laughs> You
4: don't
2: want that. Matthew Dumba, how are you, my friend?
4: Good. How are you guys doing?
2: We don't have great introductions on this podcast. We just sort of of see you pop up and we start talking to you. Where, Where are you at right now?
4: I'm back in Calgary right now. Where are you guys at?
2: We're in Toronto while Dan's uh, just outside of Toronto. We're in the greater Toronto area,
4: I guess you could say.
1: I'm in a little town called Orno, and on our welcome to Orno sign is Stanley Cup champion Brian Bickle's name.
4: Bicks. That's that's a a, a player, though. On those cup (laughs) runs? Yeah, that's
2: right. That is a place. So, are you at your are you at your place in Calgary, Matthew? Is that where you spend your off season?
4: Yeah, yeah, Back at the back at the crib. Um, yeah, I just had to come back here get get out of uh, when this was all going down with the pandemic. Um, it's kind of talk about closing the border. So, I was just trying to get back here as uh, as fast as possible. So, I, I wasn't stuck in the in the states.
2: And. Uh- Are you training currently with anyone in Calgary? Any other players?
4: Um, One of my buddies I grew up with, uh, Dylan Hetherington. He plays for uh, Texas Stars. He's captain of Texas Stars, and he's up and down with Dallas.
1: So have you been in touch with teammates, and are they sticking to their workout routines, or are we going to see, like, (laughs) circa 1980 (laughs) NHL where it takes, like, two weeks before guys are like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of back in shape again.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I think there's there's a good... Guys are... Guys are working out to keep their sanity, I think. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if there's any uh, any good videos coming out of that, uh, that first couple weeks of training camp.
2: <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of sure training, they're... remember, Matthew, uh, like back in the day, like... Even when Nikolai Habibulin played and he would like go and hack a dart in between the first and second period, (laughs) is anybody in the NHL still smoking? We were just discussing the fact that we're going to take up smoking later in life because we never did it. (laughs) We're going to try it later. Uh, Anybody still crushing darts in the NHL?
4: To be honest, I haven't heard of anyone still doing hack and darts between the... (laughs) Uh, I do. It, it is kind of. frequently talked about in my friend group, uh, just being in Calgary. Because I heard back in the day, Mika used to do it. Yes, he uh, yes. did. Yeah. That's everyone's favorite goaltender around here. And um, yeah, even the fact that he was uh, smoking darts in between periods, or, or maybe smoking darts in between periods. Um, is they, a they
1: call that they, they call that the uh, Guy Lafleur smoking darts between periods right. because Lafleur <laughs> did that. And I don't know, Matthew, if you've ever seen the video of um, Ally Afraidy. Uh, he's about to do a, a post-game interview, and he's hacking on a dart, and he's like, how much do I have? And they're like 30 seconds. And he's like, Shh. takes one more haul, and just flicks it off camera.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Some of the – you hear stories about in some of the rinks that – Back in the day, like, guys had specific rooms built for them or areas that they would go to, <laughs> Whether it's was, like, the showers or they were, like, sneaking off away from the locker room. But, uh, no, the game's changed a lot since then.
1: Okay, so we've got the smoking. What is the, the strangest current thing that you've seen a player do? Like, we've seen Ovi drink a Coca-Cola on the bench. I, I see that. You need sugar in your system. What's the strangest thing you've seen a teammate or an opponent do where you're like, what the hell's that guy doing?
4: Um, the coke on the bench—I've actually seen that's that's actually normal things. But people people put it in the in the Gatorade bottle sometimes, hide it a little, you know. Well, but, Colby
2: Armstrong, Matthew said about that. It wasn't just the sugar, but. That's you know, guys. If they're nervous, sometimes like a Coke, you know, will sort of settle their stomachs down a little bit. That that was his theory about it. I'll be honest.
4: In between, in between the second and third, I, I treat myself to a Coke. <laughs> no, nice. and then some, sometimes I'll be like battling in the first, like thinking about the Coke, like, hey, <laughs> let's get there. Um, third period's your period, buddy. <laughs> to get this in, yeah. What
1: about pediolite? Are guys crushing Pedialyte still?
4: You're seeing that. You're seeing that uh, on the plane. Like they're dishing out Pedialyte's maybe on back-to-back. I, I'm not really a big fan of the Pedialyte, but I've seen uh, a couple pediolite tonics on the plane.
0: I <laughs> guess.
2: <laughs> um, so... Okay, we, we kind of have to get serious with you because you are part of a big, big announcement uh, this week, Matthew. Uh, you are on the executive committee of the Hockey Diversity Alliance that has just been formed. Uh, Akeem Aliyu and Evander Kane are the co-chairs, and then you're part of the executive committee with uh, Wayne Simmons, Chris Stewart, uh, Joel Ward, who recently retired, among others. First of all, um, how did this all come about? Exactly, and and was it a Keem and was it a Vander that sort of spearheaded it?
4: Um, yeah, it was. It came about probably we've been talking since uh, November, um, and then it just happened to be um, this seven guys who kind of stuck together. Um, we've all either played together or you know are acquainted through each other in some way or another. So um, it's cool having a group that um, everyone's everyone's uh, friends with. And we just we've just been talking constantly for um, the last week and a bit or two weeks um, every day or every other day for you know, hours at a time. So um, we've done our due diligence and um, announcing it, uh, announcing it yesterday was kind of the first big step.
1: Now, do you are you going to be a sounding board for for players right now? Um, how's this going to work? Because uh, we've seen stories coming out of the uh, the GTHL in Toronto, uh, what it was like uh, for some players uh, playing in that system, being black. And you saw Akeem's story. Are, we, are you guys going to help these people tell these stories? Are you going to be there uh, f- for you guys to listen to them? What are you, What's your guys' goal?
4: I think, yeah, we've talked about that in a number of different ways. And, uh kind of a mentorship program has been uh kind of floating around there um but really um yeah it is attacking those um those minor league the not even minor league it's um the minor Minor hockey minor hockey yeah minor hockey starting right from the start um because i think that's where we all first um you know dealt with racism um and that's that's so sad um even just hearing guys' stories or hearing kids' stories about it's still happening today, just, you know, it it pulls out, um, pulls out my heart and it just, you know, it brings up all those feelings that I had, um, when I was little, when I was going through that stuff, uh, with my family and, you know, it's, it's not right. So I think that's one of the biggest stands our our group is going to take. And, um, yeah, I think, I think we're going to do, um, some awesome stuff and, um, yeah, I'm really excited to just yeah share this with the world.
2: Or did you yourself, Matthew, experience a lot of racism uh, growing up uh, playing minor hockey?
4: Yeah, uh, on a number of different occasions. Um, you know, it it affected my family to the point where, you know, you're leaving leaving rinks, and um, you know, mom would be in tears, or just you know, she'd just be irate. And, um, you know, I was just yelling on, on the way out of the rink and, you know, having dad, us could try to just kind of get us into the car and, and having those deep family talks um, later on in the night. But, um, you know, going through all of that and then also, you know, not wanting my mom to feel like that way or my little brother see that, you know, I, I'd taken on a lot of that stuff and, and bottled it up over the years so when i got on with this group and started hearing guys stories um it just made me think like this shouldn't this shouldn't be a conversation that um parents have to have with their kids you shouldn't have to sit down with your child and tell them hey like you got to take the high road and you got to uh you got to have tough skin and work through this They're, they're only doing that because that's their that's the only thing they have on you um you know that that Conversation doesn't really happen um, with white parents, um, and it it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be in inner game at all.
1: So you mentioned the the talks you had to have with your parents, but there must have been a part of you, if I had experienced that, I'd just say f- this, f- them. Why do I want to put myself through this? I'm never going back to that rink.
4: And that and that's a part. Like I've seen since my time in Minnesota, um, I've had a, a bunch of different kids um, come to the locker room after a game um, that have faced that, and that's that's the worst part about it. Some of those kids are pushed to that point where they don't want to go back. And I uh, not fortunate for me, I was you know I had that strong love for the game. Um, and I kind of just pushed through it. But can you imagine? Um, a generation of kids who didn't have to deal with that and could just love the game um, at its purest. And um, you know what, what, what could be? You know, if you can, if you can tap into this generation of kids that doesn't have to go through those things, um, it's it just it, it could be. You could just grow the game so much more and, and just make this um, something really special that we all love. We all love the game of hockey. And just to spread this would be would be awesome.
2: I wonder, uh, Matthew, your your thoughts and your feelings over the past couple of weeks since George Floyd was killed, because, of course, you play in Minnesota and you're you're living in that town and that that town is kind of a part of you right now. Uh, just wondering what your thoughts and emotions uh, were, not just about the, the horrific video itself, but just the city itself um, and, and, and how they've you know, reacted to what happened
4: yeah um to be honest i could i could see if i was standing in my apartment i could see that whole community um from my apartment it's only a mile and a half away um and i do work um pretty closely with that community um there's a group of a nonprofit i work with called um, aces athletes committed to educating students and we look to bridge the gap of um the education system in minnesota Um, in the parts of the city um that are less fortunate and a lot of those kids are in that community so on lake street specifically um uh, where the riots and um the protesting was going down that was kind of my first reaction is i'm i'm scared for those kids and those kids that may not have uh, somewhere else to go right now and are scared to leave their homes but really everything around them is on fire and um, it's just like anarchy through that and a lot of a lot of the people coming into the neighborhood weren't even from there or They're from all over the u.s. Um, and, and not a lot um, Not a lot of them protesting um, The protesting or grieving through the um, george floyd um, death people just there to um, loot and and start fires and Kind of break down the community um whereas the people in minnesota and the people part of that community you saw in the days after um were cleaning up and handing out groceries um so i was really proud of seeing minnesota come together the way they have and i think it's terrible terrible tragedy and no one should have had to gone through any of this but the fact of the matter that it happening now and seeing how people are coming together and these talks that everyone's having, um, getting it out there, I think, is what we really need to um, promote this change and um, make a change in our society that will, uh, that will last.
1: Yeah, and George Floyd, as they keep saying, his daughter said it, I believe one of his siblings said it at his memorial service today, he's going to change the world. That, um, that mural of him in Minnesota is already iconic.
4: Yeah, it is, and yeah, I, he is going to change the world. Um, you know, rest in power. I, I like, I like when I've seen people saying that. Um, it is powerful. Um, just crazy the effect that he's had on this community and um, the change and difference he's going to make in, in a lot of people's lives. Special.
2: Um, or other, you know, there's there's the seven of you who have, who started the alliance of sort of the the committee. Are other black NHLers, both past and present? Matthew, have, have you contacted them, reached out to them, or have they reached out to you?
4: Um, yeah, a lot of guys have been reaching out. Um, you know, we're looking to um, expand as, as a group and have um, people come on as ambassadors from all races. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's... Um, we're starting with... Um, with black people and and promoting Black Lives Matter, but um, at the end of the day, we're gonna have we're gonna have a bunch of different guys on this board, uh, women. Um, it's gonna be something special um, that everyone can uh, grow through and everyone can uh, help be a part of this uh, be a part of this movement.
1: Do you think I'm not gonna categorize uh, Vander Kane as like a stubborn guy or a cocky guy, but. Do you think maybe he has that attitude because of the shit that he's had to deal with while playing hockey, and people misunderstand him? That's just he's he's grown a thick skin. He's like, this is the way I have to carry myself, and everyone else can f off.
4: Yeah, to be you know, to be honest, you know, playing against Evander, it's uh, yeah, it's not very fun. I didn't really like the guy
0: <laughs> before uh,
4: before I got to know him, but um, just his views on on all of this and he's just been, he's been working tirelessly. This guy's been on the phone and, and just making a difference like every day, every second, um, hard, hard to get up, hard to, you know, tie him down for, um, a moment just to, just to have a conversation. Cause you know, he's got, he's got a lot of things on the go right now, him and Akeem. Um, but yeah, he's always had to, you know, play with that chip on his shoulder and you see that in his game. You see that, you know, in a lot of our games. So, um, you know, it it could have been a reason why he got to where he was and why he is a little misunderstood. But I think once you get to know him and what is uh, what his heart is is about, um, you'll you'll be able to understand more and, uh, and and like him a lot more.
2: All right, let's uh, let's lighten things up. Favorite thing about playing for uh, Red Deer and Junior.
4: Ooh, favorite thing playing in Red Deer. Hitting Denny's on a Sunday with the with <laughs> the, and just putting in an order. <laughs> <laughs> it's just out up there with my ten dollar bill and just going. like that. of the boys. <laughs> this
1: one's gonna be tough. You want a gold for Canada in Russia in twenty sixteen. What's your favorite part about Russia?
4: Oh, my lord! <laughs> I- Ilya Briskalov. <laughs> yeah, yes, good answer. Good answer. But I-, I got to play with him for like. Got to play with him for a couple months or whatever, but the bri- the grizzly bear man. He- <laughs> uh,
2: what was that like? Give us. Uh, what, <laughs> like, was he? Uh, was he in fine form at all times, or was he? Uh, was oh, the yeah. mood up and down?
4: He was. He was hilarious, man. I remember, there's a, there's one uh, time we're in the uh, we're in the locker room after a train or a preseason game. And I was like, oh, "Riz, how was that?" And he goes, "Like uh, tail of dog." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "All you young kids come in here play a game, and it's just tail of dog. You don't know what you're doing. You're so excited, like hit." It. <laughs> Puck everywhere, guys not where they're supposed to be. Like, Aaron, so excited, like, puppy jumping up and down.
0: I wish I had this for video, man. <laughs> 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 there's, there's thousands of stories like that. <laughs> what a guy. That.
2: And, and and now and now you have Dubnik, who's like maybe he's the opposite. Like he's almost like a cerebral type. Either. Or, or or am I wrong? Or is he is he shown? Is there a side
0: of him that we don't get to see all the time? Well,
4: uh, I don't know. No, there, there's 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 a bit of a side that you don't get to see. Do we likes to talk and uh, and get in the mix? So uh, yeah, you just push him push him into it a little more next time.
1: How about Miko Koivu? Is he a robot? <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just it's just like he's a guy that just he just continues on he they, they put like you hit the start button he just continues on you're like that guy is still playing he
4: he's still playing yeah he's uh he, he's been awesome to me and, and my family um just just a great leader and someone who you know once you once you get close to him once you uh yeah, get the get a couple of the screws loose and get into the, <laughs> the interior of the robot. Um uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's awesome dude and um uh, you know he's uh he really showed me what it takes to uh be a professional in the league because this guy comes to, comes to work every day um and just ready ready to work and get better. I mean, that's just a testament to his longevity in the in the league, right?
2: So for you, Matthew uh, if if we think the training camps might get going mid July, hopefully, I mean, optimistically, uh, when do you see yourself uh, heading back to the Twin Cities?
4: Uh, I'm not even too sure. I guess it'll depend on if they have a uh, you know, kind uh, of date on when Phase Three will start. Um, looking like end of july or start of august so maybe it maybe within the next month month and a half so um still got some time but um yeah that's that's gonna be crazy just jumping back to the mix like that
1: your take on
4: whoever wins the cup is there
1: an asterisk or you just like yeah yeah they want it no problem
4: uh If the Wild wins the cup, there's no asterisk. <laughs> there's no asterisk. I'm a champ. You guys are not taking that away from me. No one. Are anyone you, but- anyone else wins? Yeah, there's an asterisk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, yeah. But are you, uh, I mean, you could end up, you know, living in a hotel for three months. You know, like, do you stop and think about about that? I mean, I guess you're kind of living in hotels anyway on the road, but it's like one hotel. I mean, it's kind of a weird situation to think about.
4: That that could honestly be a reason why you take away the asterisks, because you're going to have to battle through this um, if you go deep into the playoffs and um, just being away from your families and friends um you know that can definitely wear on guys and i know that's kind of some of the guys concern too is you know you're you're in the middle you're in the middle of summer you know a lot of the guys got the kids at home right now and yeah havoc, you got them cooped up from the pandemic and now uh, now dad's gone for a couple months so um but come
1: on i admit though not sure. A lot of guys are like, "Get me the hell out of here!" I can't wait for this to happen.
4: Yeah, that's, that's probably true too.
2: <laughs> yes, hundred percent.
4: You go you could argue there's a hundred different ways. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. Listen, Matthew, this is uh, awesome just to get to talk to you a little bit, and uh, congratulations again on the on the alliance formation. I think that's just uh, such an amazing thing you guys are doing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, continued success in, uh, in Minnesota and all that. And I uh, and hope you're staying safe in Calgary.
4: Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is really a dream come true being on with you guys. I know I'm speaking for uh, my whole friend here in Calgary. Mm-hmm to so watch y'all every day before school, and uh we are pretty pumped that I was coming on here today.
1: And who, hey, that, wait, wait, we have a who's behind you. scrum lurkers. Who is that behind you then? Someone, someone's lurking
4: behind you. are <laughs> no, no, come on, say hi. We're all back here. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this Hello. Is the crew. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Gavin, Michael, come say hi. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh,
3: big Whoa, they're yeah,
1: coming they are. out everywhere
0: There they are We're all, all behind right the us. wall there hey, Thanks guys
1: Okay yeah. guys, Have a great enjoy day. your Tuesday night hey, yeah, Take care, see you later see you guys. Oh, they're gonna rip it up tonight Oh, cool.
2: good to see him Good dude
1: I got fruit flies flying around I got no fruit out
2: Uh that's a problem for you
1: I think they can come from uh, the drain so maybe I need to w- run more water
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they can other, other things can come from the drain too I oh. you know my you know my rock wall here my my uh, wall if you've seen it on TV yeah. yesterday I saw like a centipede come out of this wall like oh. a gigantic centipede. I'm covering this wall up. Lester McLean is joining us now. Lester, hey, you guys. I'm covering this wall up. This wall is gonna be just enjoy it while you can. <laughs> because it's gone. I can't do okay. centipedes.
3: Okay. You can't, you can't, you can't do it. Hey that's Lester, hey Lester, that. do that's you right. notice
1: something behind
3: stuff? Yeah, that's my background. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> uh... Yes. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, good to see you. Jay, to you took the beard off, eh? I I never
2: had I never had a beard in this whole uh, coronavirus pandemic. Get it? I'm situation. sorry. No, because I just uh, I thought I'd go the other way. Because you have a great beard. Dan Dang, has this, a great beard. Yeah, Stop it. has a great beard. Yeah. Uh,
3: but I So Lester,
1: Lester, I'm finding you're probably finding the same stuff you as well. When you wear a mask with a beard, it is extremely uncomfortable.
3: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Terrible.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, Lester, we should probably, to those uh, who who don't know you, um, you've been uh, working behind the scenes at TSN for uh, pretty much as long as I've ever been at TSN. I remember you being. When did you come to the network?
3: I started on September 25th, 1995, sir. So okay, I'm 24 so you're in years in.
2: Me. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And what is your What is your uh, your current role uh, at the network?
3: My official role is program manager TSN and ESPN Classic.
2: Okay, what does that mean?
3: Well, I mean, uh, well, quite frankly, in the last couple of of, of, of months, it's meant it's meant that I've been front and center because obviously, not our our, our my my specific role is non live programming and barter deals and captioning and stuff like that. So. That's been that's all we've been doing, really. I mean, we've got some live stuff, and obviously you guys came back and everything. But we got NASCAR, we've got UFC, and other properties coming back. But a lot of it's still a lot of our archives. So that means going back into to archives, going back to 2009, and 2008, and 2005 to grab stuff. So it's been busy, but it's been really good. It's been uh, it's been nice to sort of see what we've done, and, and uh, you know go back to play at the times like 19, like 2005 when it was like oh this this broadcast is available in TSN HD you know of course you know what I mean I saw but right it's been very cool it's been a lot of fun so
1: so Lester yeah. are you in on when people are pitching documentaries and have you seen some like wild pitches or you're like that's never going to be seen by another human you must I've have seen, some wild <laughs> things that you've
3: seen I've seen some things yes I've seen some things that have that have uh, that have been crazy and it's like there's no way this is going to happen and then we've also <laughs> massaged other things that, that we've, we've tried to make happen so it's uh, it's that type of vibe you know and then yeah. your
2: other uh you 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 lead like a dual life because i do i think your true passion is music and you're an incredible musician you thank performed you. at my wedding you were yes, incredible I thank and, you and you are you perform live all the time different bands lots of different uh things that mm-hmm. you do you uh you put out an amazing i thought you put out an amazing instagram video uh you gotta go go check it out um on instagram and you talked about uh how uh, the george floyd death and and the subsequent protests have affected you you said you're not really comfortable talking about it not at all per se but you would never have known it because you spoke so beautifully and so eloquently about it i personally thought i really i really enjoyed it and you uh you told the kiss story i thought it was somewhat appropriate that uh that a story about a band would be the thing that sort of affected you at a
3: young age about race first, or oh, at gee. least the thing you remember. The most. Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely, listen, it's a hundred percent true. It's, it's definitely the very first moment in my life where I went, Oh, I see. Um, but uh, I assume you want me to tell the story. So, I yeah, went, oh, Yes, please. Um, uh, so in any case, um, this was back in primary school, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, seven or eight years old, grade one, grade two. And a bunch of boys and myself were sitting around a table talking about Halloween and what we we're going to do for Halloween. And somebody threw out the idea, hey, let's let's dress up as Kiss. And I was like, that's a great idea. So, you know, one guy says, I'll go as Paul Stanley. And somebody said, be your Chris. And somebody said Ace Frehley. And I thought, OK, well, that's great. I'll be Gene Simmons. And then one guy goes, well, hold on a second. You, you can't be Gene Simmons. And I was like, why can't I be Gene Simmons? And he said, because you're black. Gene Simmons is white. And I was like, well, no, hold on. I can be Gene Simmons and put the white face makeup on and, and you know, I did the thing. I mean, that was the thing about that band. They had, they had, I mean, yes, they were obviously Caucasian, but at the end of the day, you could put that, that makeup on. So um, it was a real um, a moment for me where, I mean, listen, I, I want to emphasize two things. And I, and I don't think I've said this before. Number one, I, I don't believe like the kid was trying to be mean. That's just kids, right? I mean, kids are, 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 are the way they are at that age. But I think the second thing is I didn't come away from this that situation or that incident being crushed. In fact, it was the opposite for me. It was actually the probably the last time that anybody was gonna tell me I wasn't gonna do anything, do something because of the color of my skin again. And that really sort of stuck with me. That's kind of the fire in my belly um that that uh that that, that, that was lit in my belly at the time, as I sit here with my dreadlocks and my beard. But uh um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, so Lester, then I I love you know your I just loved your message. I just thought it was Thank it was um, it was really poignant. And you talked about people who had reached out to you uh, specifically white friends who had reached out to you. I feel uh-huh. like that's something that uh, you know I myself have tried to do with with black friends, and it's sort of like an awkward thing. I don't know. You know, you're feeling like. You feel like uh, you're feeling something for your friend. You want to uh, to let them know you're thinking about them. Um, and I thought you just said it so eloquently. You know, you that you appreciated what was being said, and, and yeah, well, it's it's kind of
3: a tough thing. It is a tough thing, and you know. And since I have posted, this, like I gotta tell you, I, I'm overwhelmed by the response to that video. I mean, a lot of people have posted it and asked me to share it, and I think that's fantastic. And again, I appreciate you guys having me on to talk about this because, as uncomfortable as I am, it's important. But I had, I had two specific conversations that I want to bring up. One was uh, yesterday, a friend of mine that I'd known since, uh, since high school. She called me up. We were in band class together, in band camp. Wow. um uh, <laughs> But she, she phoned me up, and she said, you know, she saw my video. She was very moved and touched and everything. And she pointed out to me that there was an incident. Her father, unfortunately, her father had some racist, uh, in, in, some racist quality, tall, uh, qualities. And she said that uh, she was mortified when I started talking about the story because she thought she was going to mention this one incident. And I guess what happened is I was at her house and we were hanging out and her father, I don't don't remember what the comment was, he had had said something very inappropriate concerning black people and whatnot. And uh, she just told me that over the years with him, she had so many frustrating arguments with him about it. And the thing about it with him, as she says, is that he was a great guy and I felt very welcome in the house. I always did. Never had a problem at that household. But um, she told me that, you know, Pakistani neighbor neighbor that they had always got got along with them. No problems. They were buddies. They had drinks, whatever. And, you know, but yet there's somehow there was this bias when it came to watching the news and she would make certain comments and whatnot. So she said to me that she wanted to tell me that, you know, again, she felt very bad about that. She wanted to tell me that she stood up for for uh, against racism with her dad, which is very difficult. And listen, I mentioned in the video, you're going to have to confront uh, family members. You're going to have to confront people um, that are that are that are colleagues. You're going to have to come from people maybe to play on your hockey team and say this. This is enough. Right. But this is the type of thing that she was doing back then. So it's very good. And, and consequently, she has a daughter now. And the daughter is very, very tall and very open on all ways. And, and and that's really good, you know, because they talked about it. So it's yeah, important.
1: Um, Sherry Ford, I don't know if you guys saw yes. um, our call, yes. she put out an outstanding article and it's like,
0: yeah.
1: and I, I tweeted her, I'm like, so many people have to come to grips with, with the family member where it's not just like, oh, that's just how he is. I remember um, leaving my grandmother's apartment, we'd go visit her, to her apartment in Peterborough and didn't have a racist bone in her body. She probably never saw a blackface in her life and there's the the type of nuts that are called n-word toes at the time so that's what the nut was called and she would say that as soon as we left my dad would get us in the elevator she she's like that word your grandma said about those nuts never say that word yes so that was the only time we ever heard it growing up but nowadays like People might think to their grandparent, that, Oh, uh, my grandfather always referred to the uh, someone this way or someone." Mm-hmm. Now's the time to say, "Hey, no, confront them." It's just like it's gone on too long, and it's not. Oh, that's just the way they are anymore. That's that's just not tolerated.
3: Well, exactly. And again, you know, and and and, and I think again, listen, against the backdrop of this pandemic, um, fortunately, there's nothing else except to have these conversations, you know? I mean, obviously, for us in the sports business, we'd like to have some sports, please. But, <laughs> you know, but while we don't, you know, I mean, and, and I said it too in, in my video, I don't want to go back to a post-pandemic world where we have these issues and things haven't changed. I, I, want, I, want to, I want us all to make a concerted effort to move forward. And I think it's possible. I, I talked to a friend of mine in Atlanta, Georgia, the other day. Um, she lived in Brooklyn, New York, all of her life, and uh, she moved down to Atlanta three years ago. And it's a different world down there. And she said, for the first time in her life, she feels like this is different. This is something different that's happening now. And that's Mm -hmm. really important for for a woman from Brooklyn. I'll I'll quote one more story. I just actually, before you guys called me, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, uh, Greek Heritage. We've we've gotten along for years, and years, played music together. And he said that he's really, you know, not because he feels like he did anything wrong, but in fact, he's really sort of stepped back and had a look at his life and how he's conducted himself and he's wondering if he, could have, if he should have done more, if he should have said more at, at, at various times in his life. And I think, again, I mean, that's, that's great. And I don't want him to feel any guilt about it because I think that's an important part of this, too. Don't feel guilty. Let's, let's, let's just have these conversations. Let's open it up and say, listen, guys, have a meaningful conversation about this. And look, if we do that, I think we'll be really good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's start now. You know, everyone's okay. looking back so much, right? No, but you know what I mean, Lester? Everyone's, everyone's like, man, what, I did this, I did that. And it's like, all right, let's, let's do it, man. Let's start right now. yeah. And let's make an honest change right now and, and push it forward. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's, that, to me, is the most important thing. Yeah, you said it best. You don't want to go back to the way it was before the pandemic. I couldn't no. agree more. I couldn't mm-hmm. agree more. Um, Lester, we also wanted to talk to you about the fact that you were a regular on the Rubber Boots podcast. Yes, indeed. Yes, and, uh, and
3: the award-winning means... producer, by the way, is he? Listen, oh, that guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna big you up, brother. You're outstanding, man. What, what you do week in and what out, week out for us and for this podcast is amazing. So, yeah, man. Thank you, thank you, thank. Yeah, hundred percent. Stuff is the best. I'm not sure what
2: award I actually did win, but uh, <laughs> I'll put it right on the mantle. <laughs> the screenies will have the screenies. Category. Oh my god.
1: Who's that? Sorry, my uh, sorry, my daughters were Facetiming there. I'll call
2: them right back. Okay. You can talk to him now if you want.
3: We can have a conversation. <laughs> <with that>. Nah.
2: <laughs> Bring him in. Bring him in with us. <laughs> um, but Lester, we, we really what we really wanted to talk to you about was the now infamous trip to the Turks and Caicos. Yeah. to uh, the resort that James seems to not only know the manager, but possibly have a stake in financially <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and, uh, and the fact that, that the entire Rubber Boots crew went down to the Turks and Caicos uh, for this trip. Uh, first of all, I just would love to get your take on, on what happened. And when he told you you were going on the trip, did you, did you actually believe
3: him? Oh listen, listen, I will not look you have to understand. Mr. Duffy and I, Jimmy as we call him, uh we go back a long way. We've been working together since 2002 doing a lot of different things musically for TSN and obviously we have Puck over glass and don't take my goal away and now this podcast. So, uh I I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything bad about that guy. But he um no, no when when he started talking about the trip, I was like, "Okay, this is probably going to happen." Uh you know, and and uh Trudeau was where we were all down there. He came and picked me up himself at the airport, uh, left hand drive car, and uh, that was a fantastic five days. Um, that, listen, and, and again, I'm sure you guys listen to the podcast, so you know all about the Weimar Resort and the Villa, and it, it was an outstanding place. I have to say, that is easily the, the best resort I've ever stayed at in my life. So stuff.
1: Duffy, Duffy is definitely part owner of that resort. Uh, <laughs> did he also get each of you to bring a suitcase to the airport to him there and not look inside it? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that.
3: Nothing like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure, sure. <laughs> no, no,
3: not at all, not at all. I did stop at the and- free shop though. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. All right, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And- yeah.
2: For for you, Lester, having to see, uh, man, I just like think of Duffy's body and, and Stoff's body. <laughs> uh, uh, you have to see so much of it. I mean, are you have you recovered?
3: Uh, oh, listen, uh, I've recovered just fine. You know, I'll tell you, it's funny because just before we took that trip, I had a I had a bunch of touring that I did, so I was on the road. So by the time I got down there, I was pretty tired, and and of course you know we'd all said on the podcast that that, that you know going into it that we were going to work out and everything and we were going to be you know uh what was it what was the term uh uh, ripped, uh what was the term that we had uh, new jack new jack uh uh is yeah, was what we a were of, do.
2: there was a lot of different new jack uh <laughs> <attempts> <laughs> at fitness that all sort of uh did not work but
3: but but by the time i got down there i was i felt pretty fat it didn't help that we were crushing beers at the fire and and you know we're eating burgers and oh listen it was a good time and i'll say this to you all i'll say this to you jay and dad if you ever get the chance to go do not hesitate it's awesome
1: Okay, hey, when we're Sunday. allowed to travel again, why don't we do a dual podcast? Yeah, right wow, crossover. like a crossover, crossover episode. episode.
3: Yes, you just blew my mind, Dan. You just blew my mind, Daniel too. That's a great idea. But for
1: yeah. but for us to get the full feel of it, it needs to be two weeks there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what? I think I mean I was there for one day less than everybody because I, as I said, I had a tour, so I had to. I had I had an event that I had to do before I went down there, so. I felt a little robbed that I didn't get that extra day. But, um, listen, five days down there was just glorious. And I, I, I don't know if you've seen pictures, but we had the villa, and you walk out onto the, onto the, uh, the deck, and then you walk down, and there's water. Oh, beautiful, man, beautiful. Mm, I, I sounds would, I pretty good. I would love good. to go back. Yes, it was good. I'd love to
2: go down there, and I'd love to bunk with
3: stock. Just <laughs> one, one double bed, just a double bed. And just me and I I think you know. listen. I think there were some spooning opportunities <laughs> that I missed out on, which I'm disappointed about. But uh, you know. I
2: was a sought after item. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We're gonna let yeah. you go. You're an amazing human being. And oh, and listen. Just, thank uh, you,
3: guys. Yeah. Last year, love, you're very you.
1: talented, and it's a pleasure knowing you, and more importantly, working with you.
3: Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. God bless you all, and uh, and stay safe, okay? Yeah, bud. okay see buddy. Okay, you, buddy. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Cheers. bye-bye. Yeah, I've seen
1: Lester perform at two weddings, and I've also been to see him at least once when he was, like, playing a bar by me. So I've seen him three times live, and I have so much respect for people that are just good at music. Like, any well, song, yeah.
2: you're like, well, is this the original version? But it can't be. He's playing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... Multi instrumentalist plays in all plays in like an Elton John cover band called Elton Ron, which is hilarious. And they do tons and tons of gigs all over uh, the continent and in Europe and stuff. Um, but yeah, he played, I remember he, um, he played kind of at our wedding when we were, uh, when we were eating and all that. And, and people afterward were just like, Who is that guy? And we're like, Yeah, we work with him,
0: he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> programming ESPN Classic as we speak.
1: Um, all right, we're out of time. This, uh, well, again, most people can't see the video. We put Ron to sleep.
2: Ron really loves the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. The, cat, the cat's been put to bed, as they say in the biz.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I guess we'll uh, talk to you uh, next week. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, Enjoy the the pandemic. It's not going to be over for another couple years.
2: The Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast.
4: So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up and he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, Hello.
0: I am not well. <laughs> I'm very ill. <laughs> you no, ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get
3: it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.